We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today, statistician, and I guess at this point, kind of retired Photoshopper Christian Hernandez. I can't even remember the last time I photoshopped something. Those days are well behind me. We have brass, you know, on payroll. There's no need for me to ever to open up Photoshop. I only learned that shit out of necessity for work. I don't even do that for work anymore. So why the fuck am I going to even Photoshop? You know what's funny? I think. If you didn't bust it out for Yurt Island, it was just never going to come out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> if, if I am going to open up Photoshop, it's only going to be for Yurt Island. For the Yurtle. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here. Heat absolutely demolished, obliterated, dominated, sent to the Shadow Realm. Just any great sun. Oh, my God. Just anything you want to say, they did to the Hawks. Any any bad thing to the Hawks, it did. I just actually just finished rewatching. Uh, the game and it, it it was it was a lot worse on rewatch. Poor Atlanta. There's so much that we got to get into, but news broke right before we went on air, which is why we took a little longer to get on because we were kind of catching our bearings on what the fuck happened. The defensive player of the year was announced. Christian, did you see the news? I did see it, Gianni, and I I can't say I'm surprised, but man, am I disappointed. You have been, I think, one of the loudest people on Heat Twitter. Just really, just, just asking the question: Why? What is? Why does Mark? Why? Why are we just like giving a Marcus Smart an award? Like, I don't think anyone's questioned it. I just think the narrative kind of came up, and everyone's like, eh, "Yeah." I, 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 you were like, "Somebody break this down for me." <laughs> so, I mean, I have also since probably I don't know, probably a month maybe six weeks ago, I have been occasionally kind of reminding the timeline not to get too hyped about the idea of BAM winning Defensive Player of the Year, really solely for a couple of reasons. One, the inherent bias that lies with most national media when it comes to the Heat, and this is a media-driven award. Um, And two, it's a wide-open field. And whenever there's a wide-open field for any kind of award, that's when you get some weird stuff to happen. So... Now you get the Celtics, who made this really remarkable second-half run um, and ended up being one of the top seeds in the East. And this is how the writers decided they wanted to reward that season. I really have no other way to explain it. Like, I want to hear your thoughts on it, and I'm I'm actually still pulling up some different, like, uh, pages to kind of reinforce the argument of why Marcus Smart, you know, specifically. But, I mean, Johnny, what are your thoughts on this? So I actually thought, you know, Bam had a quote the other day that he said that, you know, that that they all that all these other guys play on TV more than he does and they get no more exposure. Nobody wants to talk about that. And then I want to give a shout out to the account that tweeted it at Bammy Burner uh, on Twitter. It broke down the national TV uh, games. Phoenix 23 Celtics 22 Utah 14 and the Heat 10. And 
Mikhail Bridges, Marcus Smart, and Rudy Gobert were the three finalists for the award. I think Bam probably finished fourth in, in voting if, if you really broke it down. But that, to me, was really interesting. And I think a lot of – and Christian, we've talked about this a lot. I think most people don't know how to discuss this team because they don't watch them enough and because they've had a bit of a weird year where guys are out. But their defense was not great that stretch that Bam was out. It was really the offense carried by Jimmy being out for a lot of that time. Kyle, shooters, fast, you know, run up and down. When Bam came back, and Cooper Moorhead has tweeted about this a ton, the Heat's defense is best in the league when he's on the floor. He has a lot of responsibility. His job is to prevent shots at the rim as a point of attack switcher, which the Heat are one of the best teams in preventing shots at the rim. He does everything, and we saw a lot. And I think it's almost poetic that Marcus Smart got lit up by for 36 last night. And the guy that, you know, everyone was questioning, well, Miami's not going to be able to stop Trey Young. You know, Bam and, and PJ put him in the seventh layer of hell. So I do think that's interesting. Um, and it, the timing of that, Christian, was funny to me. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Celtics Twitter has been very, uh, very loud about reminding everybody that apparently only like 12 of those points that Kyrie scored were supposedly when Marcus Smart was directly on him. But like, but yeah, it's again, and it's, you know, the, the it's really hard to talk about a defensive award in general, yeah. because uh, for people that are not into a lot of the advanced, you know, statistics, you know, that kind of have fueled like the analytics movement of the NBA, you know, one of the glaring weak spots is defensive metrics because they have proven to be unreliable, inconsistent, uh, and frankly, a lot of times not being a true picture. Like, you know, because you always want to compare it to the eye test. You want to you want to make sure that whatever stats are telling you, like, you can confirm it when you watch a game. You know. And so that's the kind of noise that you're trying to like avoid. So like the way that I go about it for, for defensive related things is that there's a lot of metrics that are all kind of meh, you know? So you look at all of them and you see, you look for trends, you look for the same guys popping up towards the top, you know, and that's really the best way to try to gauge who is having an impact defensively, at least with the metrics that we have on hand. And the tough thing, especially when it comes to, um marcus smart actually let's let's stay on bam because we were talking about bam there bam right now i mean the heat had a 104.9 defensive rating in the regular season with bam on the court it was 109.1 with him off the court that's a four point per hundred possession difference that's a massive difference they were literally the only guy who was competing for the defensive player of the year that had a bigger impact from an on-off perspective was gobert and frankly gobert is the only other player in my opinion who has a legitimate defensive player of the year argument along with Bam. Uh, because frankly, I, I think Marcus Smart, he absolutely is an elite guard and he might be the best defensive guard right now. But I still don't know if it reflected completely because the Celtics have a lot of other really good defenders. You had even Al Horford this year, you know, who was already, what, like 35, 36, but actually had a very strong defensive year. So he's still got, you know, a little something in the tank. You know, Robert Williams has come on really strong. Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown are not, you know, like just turnstiles by any by any means. So it's, you know, it's hard to, at the same time, you know, you could make that same argument against Bam. Because yeah. Bam play, it plays with a lot of great PJ, defenders. PJ, Jimmy, Kyle, you know. But so it's, it's why you look for like the kind of confluence in a bunch of different metrics to try to see, okay, is Marcus Smart popping up at a lot of these things? That's the matter is that he's not. And more so... It was other teammates of his that were appearing in a lot more of these metrics, which kind of made it hard to understand why Marcus Smart came to the top and then ultimately now ended up winning really so quickly. It feels like the movement happened in a matter of weeks. And and, and part of that, you know, I think he played the media really smart, right? He's like, you know, why doesn't a guard ever win? And I think everyone's like, huh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? So I, I that part of that, part of that I get. Um and I think that the, the national TV stuff kind of came into play as well. I think a couple things. I think, you know, when you look at on-off, I think sometimes that punishes guys that have really good backups, right? That's why Embiid's on-offs look like redonkulous because, you know, his backups are always trash and Giannis has a lot of good teammates and his aren't as pronounced. But, you know, you know at the top end, 
I mean, the Heat defense is better when Bam's on the floor than when Rudy's on the floor. Just because the golf is huge doesn't change the fact that it's be- that that doesn't, you know, Rudy has a huge golf too, but that's because Hassan Whiteside's his backup. You know what I mean? Like, would you ra- would you take Hassan or Deadman? I'm not even joking. <laughs> Are you actually asking me uh, that? No, because the answer for, I think most Heat fans is like, we take, we take Deadman. Like, no question, right? So it's like, you know that, that that doesn't it doesn't punish Bam because Rudy has a huge honor. But Rick, I mean, I think Marcus is a, I guess a deserving candidate. You know, I I don't think I understand why he fans are mad because it just feels like our guys just never get a fair shake unless it's like LeBron or something. I mean, even the Dwayne stuff. I think didn't Dwayne finish behind CP3 in the MV3 year? I think Dwayne got the most second place votes or the more first place votes, but Chris Paul in the aggregate finished higher in MVP voting. The, the 2009 year and it's just like it's just a constant like if it's not lebron james you know it's kind of bullshit which and, and even the narratives about tyler like um you know oh well you know but kevin love pretty sneaky nice year and it's like you fucking kidding me i mean but really like the fact that people had to make arguments like that for kevin love really just reinforced how it was a runaway race which has become yes. apparent and have they have they actually announced it yet they haven't so, which they should have announced that first because that one that one's pretty that one's a not as significant as depoy i feel mip and, and six man are like kind of like the awards and then like the depoy mvp or the or like the big boy you keep saying depoy i feel like you're saying depot and depoy. it's just like it's fucking me who says depoy a lot of people say depoy Really? Yeah. Like, yeah. but like that, like, yeah. I guess D- DPOY. Yeah, yeah. Like, D-Poy? I've heard DPOY and I've heard Depoy. I, I, the players I've heard. Can we make a poll if anybody yeah, out yeah, there I'll... actually says Depoy? Can we do that? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do. It. I'll make. I'll make a poll. So, you know, we just wanted to kind of start the show with that. I mean, that that took us that that took us off guard. Uh, <laughs> what do you say, Depoy? Or I don't know what do you, defensive player of the year? No, yeah. If you're just pronouncing it, you're just saying defensive player of the year, right? No, I say depoy, man. I say depoy. I, I mean, even... I get, everybody wants to save time, but damn. Yeah, you know we're 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 a fast moving society. All right, so moving on to the actual on court product, um, and, and we'll start with defense. And I want to get into some rotational things and who was left out conspicuously and stuff like that. But Miami, Chris, I thought played that as straightforward as you can. Uh, they didn't do anything too different from the regular season. They are going to switch a ton of shit. Mm-hmm. I thought one of the things that they did that was interesting, Chris, is they at times switched some off-ball stuff to kind of minimize how often Max or Duncan got onto Trey Young. So, like, you know, usually they'll have Trey coming off. Like, if it, you know, Trey might bring the ball up, you know, hand it off to Gallo, who's, who's at the wing, and then Trey will kind of come off the ball again in motion. And, you know, in those actions, they'll switch Max, Max off ball, which is not something that they normally do so that, you know, they pre-switch. So then now, now Trey either gets Max on him earlier while he's in the, the, the original set and then they switch the last screen or, or stuff like that. So that was one thing I thought that they did that was interesting. But, Chris, other than that, on defense, it was straight up switch. PJ was helping off shooters all the time. He was cheating. It, if that was right or Okongu or whoever the fuck or John Collins, they were helping off those guys. They were he was splitting the difference, helping out whoever was switched on the train. It was just they played it as as straight up as Miami plays anything. A hundred percent. I mean, there was a stretch there in the second quarter. I remember where it seemed like it was like five or six straight possessions of you know them settling for a Gallinari like eighteen footer, and I was just and you know that's you you. That's absolutely what you want to have them take all series. You know, priority number one is get the ball out of Trey Young's hands. And like you were saying, it's not like the Hawks are are you know have a ton of shooting out there. I mean, who's probably the best three point shooter uh, in that starting line? I guess it would probably be Hunter, probably. Probably Hunter, yeah. And he shot thirty eight percent from three this season. So it's like you can absolutely be aggressive playing the passing lanes. Oh, whoops. Okay, sorry, I had a tab that just came out. I was numbers. like, Johnny, what are you doing? Um, no, but um, I think it's just that he'd have a very sound game plan, and it's an easy game plan because you're not doing anything differently for a specific person. Uh, you know, I actually did not notice uh, that they were not switching, like, on off-ball type situations. No, they were. They, they were switching the off-ball stuff. To so get they were switching it. literally everything then. And it wasn't on every play because some plays they wouldn't do it, and I, I do think that that – makes when you switch everything off ball 
So I, and I've, I've heard people talk about this. You have, you have two tools of thoughts. You can switch some stuff, not all stuff, or you can switch all stuff. And I think when you switch all stuff, it just makes easy, right? Cause you know, we switch here. When you say we switch some stuff, not all stuff, you make your life a little complicated because now there's too much to keep in your head and mm -hmm. not everyone's equipped for that. So they went through stretches where they switched everything and then other times where they just ran their base defense. And I think that that was kind of a smart move by them. Not, not to just have it complicated all the time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, hundred percent. And I mean, if, if, if you're going to switch like that all the time, you know, you have to have defenders who are truly aware of what's going on at all times. Like I, you brought up Hassan Whiteside before you could never do a scheme like that with Hassan because that requires one, uh, you know, a good amount of, you know, agility to, to move around and to move around people, but you also need to be paying, att paying attention. Essentially anytime that your man, you know, comes close to another one of his guys, you got to look for the other guy. So it's like, you're constantly like on the tip of your toes, but that's also why it's so difficult to deal with offensively when a defense is executing with an all switch. If you, if you can't expose a particular mismatch, there's really no avenue to get a clean shot. And, you know, really we saw the wheels falling off for the Hawks, you know, when Trey Young couldn't save them with a lot of those deep threes that, you know, he's yeah. accustomed to making a, a decent percentage of. And it's like, it really became noticeable. It's like without that to kind of buoy their offense, it can get real ugly at times. And that's how the game kind of got away from them. Shout out to Smiley TK3 in chat. Been listening to you guys for the past tw 12 years or so. Now love your content. That means a lot to us. We're coming up on year. This, awesome. this is year nine. I'm coming up on year 10. So, I mean, you are OG of OG. So thank you for that kind of support and following us all the way to this journey here. Uh, as we stream these shows live on Twitch, if you're, if you're listening on the pod, Get in on stream. We do it pretty. I think MHB is pretty consistently every two, every every off day at around 7 p.m. Eastern time on Twitch.tv slash Beat. If you're not on Twitter and you don't get the updates, if you want to get updates, you can like us on Twitch. You don't have to sub. You could just like, although subs are appreciated. But if you just like, you get notifications and all that. So check us out on stream. And if you can't check us out on stream, watch watch the vods on YouTube. Those are fun. Shout out to the YouTube audience. Um, Smiley's like, oh, it was 10 years. I thought I started listening. Ever since LeBron came down here, we, we I was going to say, I don't know if it was 12, but I like the idea of that. So our <laughs> first show, and, and this is kind of, you know, the, the precursor to our 10 year anniversary, our Brian and my first podcast was the day after the LeBron game one buzzer beater against Indiana. The one that he got uh, at the rim they had the, with the left-handed yeah. layup, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, so that, that'll be 10 years next year, which is really fun to think about. 
So, yeah, I, they they played that matchup pretty straightforward. I don't think they did anything particularly complicated. To, to your point, Christian, about kind of the awareness, you know, there were a lot of instances where they would have guys help off Trey, like when, when Trey would kind of in transition, which I think he's the most dangerous, you know, they, they'd find Jimmy or somebody would pick him up, you know, at half court. They'd make his life hard. He'd ha he'd have to he'd have to really run his offense. <clears throat> and they would send either Max as help or somebody else as help, and then PJ kind of split the difference with the shooters and uh and bam on closeouts. And I tweeted out a little video about that today. So they were just incredible defensively. I thought Max survived on switches. I thought Duncan survived on Twitch switches. Let's talk adjustments, Chris, because that's not, you know, I, I don't, that's obviously probably going to be the worst game that Atlanta is going to play this series. I think that's a safe bet. I do think Miami's in firm control. And I think we saw that was an extreme of everything that could go wrong for Atlanta. You know, th th that's kind of how it's going to look, but let's talk about what Atlanta can do to help themselves a little bit. One thing I noticed, Chris, it was one screen and bust in the half court for the Hawks. I think they can run a couple more things, some, some more, kind of getting Trey off of off of the ball. I know he's not like that kind of player, but you know, kind of to 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 grease the wheels of your offense a little bit, to run some some other stuff like maybe some Spain pick and roll that they do pretty often that they didn't really run last night. You know, more of him and double drag, things like that. Um I I I, I don't they have to hit more shots if they want to be in this series, but I think that it's gonna start with them kind of having some more motion because if if you're if you're a switch defense, you bait teams into isolation. That's what those Chris. That's what those Houston Rockets teams did. They would bait the Warriors right. into ISO ball. Mm -hmm. They got they can't if the, if the Hawks want a chance, they can't do that. Right, right. And I mean, they definitely were switch hunting. Obviously, knowing that the Heat were going to switch, yeah. but like they, it, it didn't feel like it was many times that you had like you know Tyler or Duncan or somebody like that out there on an island looking. And at the same time, that also speaks to the fact that. You know, Tyler, Tyler especially has made a lot of strides defensively as the season's gone on. He's doing a lot better job of staying in front of people and at least keeping contact and not just, you know, allowing like clear blow buys. Um, you know, any contact that you can maintain with the offensive player, there goes the camera. Uh, <laughs> any, any contact you can maintain is always going to affect them a little bit and it's going to improve your chances, you know? So, like, in terms of, like, obviously the Hawks, like, the thing that I feel like everybody needs to keep in the back of their mind is that it was a bit of an anomaly in game one on both sides of the ball when it came to the three-point shooting. You had Trey Young and, and Bogdanovich combined for 0 of 11 from behind the arc. And you had Duncan and P.J. Tucker combined for 12 of 13 behind the arc. If both of those were relatively median, this, that might actually have the Hawks a little bit out in front. You know, so in terms of how big of a swing that is, you know, but at the same time, obviously the Heat were up massive in the third quarter. To some degree, they probably took the, their, you know, their feet off the gas a little bit. Um, so it, it's it's hard to make too much of like the Heat definitely, I don't think are going to change anything. The Hawks will probably try some different things and that's where we'll see if they can truly make this a series, you know. Um, I don't personally think it's going to happen just because the Heat have the right strategy for Trey Young. And he had like he had a lot of difficult looks. He had a few open looks that he just missed, but his life was mostly really hard. He had six turnovers of four assists. Like unless he can really figure out how to operate and especially get into the lane, he had no interest in driving. Which yeah. I do not understand how he's the the Hawks are going to be able to maximize getting open looks without Trey forcing you to commit to drives he only did in transition like when they were like in mid transition he would he would you know and and it was only if he really had like tyler or somebody on him he, mm -hmm. he would try to like use that chance and i i think that rushed him a bit chris he had a couple floaters that he missed that he usually makes because yeah. the heat kind of got him to play a little hurry up in a way that on, it wasn't on his terms you know it was on their terms Correct. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, the fact that the Heat got out to an early jump and by the second quarter, it kind of blown the game open, you know, 
you can kind of devolve a little bit like mentally and psychologically yeah. when you're you're seeing that lead run up and then you're trying to yeah you start trying to force things and like you get away from your your game plan and, and going to your strengths and that's where a game can kind of get away from you so you know it's going to be important for the heat to come out strong again and really just try to demoralize this Hawks team before you know we go back to Atlanta and the heat have another home game Chris how was the crowd it sounded really good on tv Oh, it was it was really great. I was actually expecting kind of a little bit, you know, it's 1 p.m. on Easter. You know, I guess because yeah. it's Easter, probably not too many people are super, super hungover. But it was loud right when I got there. It was it was loud it from the full. jump. Uh, yeah, no, it definitely was. Um, you know, obviously it was late arriving. The traffic was awful. And oh, I, I feel I like at, at this point, it's like, yeah, the, the heat yeah, fans, yeah, they like to be a little bit late. But it's also the fact that it's like 30, 40 minutes for like the seven blocks, like from I, any highway me. to the arena, it's madness, you know? So if you're anywhere on Biscayne trying to get like south or something, it's impossible. Every time we've gone together, it's it's fucking 30 minutes. We could probably walk that. But uh there's a great atmosphere. And obviously, you know, this is a great team to face in the playoffs. You're not gonna have a bunch of your fans in the arena. I don't even know where their fans are. Where do you they stand exist. on Mickey not buying shirts? Oh, that! Thank you for bringing that up. That pissed me the fuck Can off. Can you explain to the audience what I'm talking about for those? Who okay, don't know. so I'm sure everyone, especially like back from the big three days, John. Do you remember which specific year was the whiteout? Every, was that 2011? Every big three playoff run. They all they were all all white all whiteout, and then 2006 and 2007. Oh, okay. Well, I, I believe did they whiteout in 2016? I don't remember. I, don't I know, know it's been a while since they've done it. Yeah, so it's possible it could have been. The White Hot might. The last one might have been the LeBron year. It might have been the year where they were the three seed with Wade, Uncle Lou. Right. I don't remember though. But yeah. So the Heat aren't even in the tax right now, are they, Gianni? No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? All right. Like I have had season tickets now for shit. I don't know, going on seven years, and every single playoff game. They got a shirt in the seat so that the whole crowd can be on the same page. Nobody, half of the people, everybody in the 100 level that is going to the games, apart from me and like three other people I know, have no fucking idea what's going on with this team or anything. They're not on social media. There are older people that view these seats as an investment. They sell them. They give their grandkids the tickets. I don't know. That's why they never show up. But like the fact of the matter is that you need to be providing what. The audience needs so that we are a cohesive crowd unit. We're all going to scream. Of course we're going to scream. We're loud as fuck, especially in the playoffs. But we need to look the part. And there were towels. Towels, man. Not shirts. Towels. Towels. Towels that were so small. There was this There was this woman who I felt terrible for her boyfriend. But she was wearing like a top that every time she would go to cheer, like her, it looked like her, you know, her, her female parts were going to come out. And that little towel couldn't have even covered her or anything. It couldn't cover anything. Like, and there used to be actual proper large, extra large shirts so that they can fit basically everybody and everybody's on the same page and you're all cheering and you all got that, you know, that, that whole surrounding of the arena, you know, in the same color, which is a beautiful effect. You want, that's how you want to be portrayed on national television. And they went with little towels. I, I couldn't believe when I saw the towels, I thought we were above that as a society. I thought that, you know, we have we have the best ownership in the NBA. And the fact that Mickey and then Mickey kept tweeting out wear white. And I go, why does he keep saying that? We should have known. We should have known. That, that should have been a sign. Tell. Yeah. So Mickey never, like, he rarely tweets. Never like, tweets. But just and then, yeah, he's everybody. tweeting nonstop. Be sure to wear your white. That's why I ain't giving you shit. <laughs> Did, is there, was there enough of a stink for them to actually have shirts next time? I don't know. Let's if they make if it to round uh, two, they better. Let's, let's see if we make a big enough stink on this show yeah, and, let's uh, go. and enough people will send it to him via email. Hashtag, let's wear Mickey. I don't even know. Somebody think of a hashtag and then tweet us. Um, the shirt. Dude, people go crazy for the shirt. Every time shirts. every time they do the shirt tosses into the crowd, everyone's standing up and screaming. All at those the rich people in the 100 section. Dude, exactly. Why do you need the shirt so bad? It's just fun to get free shit and to catch a shirt. But that reinforces my thought that 
the people that own the seats just give them to people who never get to go to the games, and that's why they're so <laughs> That's crazy. why they're so excited. Oh, okay. Brian says shirts confirmed for game two. Mickey responds to the Oh, okay. Shirt. Yeah. Everybody was like, what the fuck is this? Dude, there was a guy in like an all green outfit. Now, mind you, it was like a Prada outfit. Clearly, he paid a lot for it. He wasn't going to take it off to put on, you know, a white yeah, shirt. A white but he could have had the choice. Could have had the choice. Yeah, they're doing shirts tomorrow night. Then back to tiles if there's a game five was announced last week. Okay, Excellent. yeah. Reported by Five Wait, Reasons. Wait, you said back to tiles in game five? Yeah, Michael McCollum said on an interview with Five Reasons. Still game five? We don't need fucking towels. We don't need, we need towels. Shirts. We need shirts, god damn it. Dude, if anything, give me the towels tomorrow. Like, we're probably going to – they're definitely demoralized right now. Dude, if we get back to a game five, that means they won a game. Brian says buy our shirts. Where heat and fire. That's true. Yeah, can we get a can we get the link in the chat? Yeah, for the... link in chat. Buy your heat. And it's fire. always in five. Yeah, actually, shit. Buy the always in five shirt. Bring it to game five because they're only gonna give you a towel. Yeah. So hopefully there's no game five, but if it is, then you have you have your heat. And fire. Now I hope there's a game five. Ah, now you know, so we can all wear the heat and five shirt. So, um, that yeah. So that's that's the other big element of this playoff series that I don't think anybody's talking about. Um. So, all right, Chris, let's talk about the Heat on offense a bit because we covered kind of their defense, uh, what the Hawks can do. Oh, by the way, the other thing the Hawks that I wanted to mention was Deadman was never tested in any of his minutes that he shared with Trey Young on the court. And I watched every Deadman defensive possession was not put a single time in a pick and roll by Trey Young, uh, which I thought was weird. And some of the times it was, you know, okay, we're in transition. I have Tyler in front of me. I'm just going to try to go. Other times it was just, you know, they they, they tried to – you know, run an action and, and for a lob, and, and it just never happened. And, but I, I, you just bailed Deadman out by letting him be in the paint, by letting him rotate as a help man on your drive. That's what he wants to do, right? Because that's just a fucking – that's just all arm. It's mm-hmm. all it's all arm that has changed many, many, many motors and transmissions, right? All, all, that, all that grease. All that <laughs> grease, right? And uh, if, you put him, if you put him in pick and roll, that's what you want to – if you're Trey Young – if you're a good shooter off the dribble, that's how you get yourself in rhythm. And I think that next game, the adjustment's going to be, all right, you find you find a drop big, whether it's Deadman or whoever, and you, you know, if they, Bam's obviously not going to drop, so it's just going to be Deadman unless they play Yurt. And you try, to, you try to hunt that matchup more than you hunt the hero one. Because if Hero's guarding you on ball, he's not even good at getting around a screen either. You know what I mean? So if you just have you're in a one on one with Deadman with Hero trailing, that's one of the ways I can see that. Chris, I did like that the Heat when Bogey did put Deadman in pick and roll. Deadman was coming way way out. He was pressing up on the pick and roll, mm-hmm. and he had a couple fouls. I don't mind that because you a you don't let him get threes off, right? right? You really put pressure. They crowd the fuck out of the ball. And Jimmy's at the nail in those sets, so he can kind of come and stunt if they get beat, and he can close out on the shooter behind him. They make those passes really, really tough. I like that look for them. I do think that Atlanta is going to try to attack that more into game two. Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's a great point, G. I actually am surprised that um, both of them, both Bogdanovich and Trey Young, didn't try to you know attack Deadman more. But again, that speaks to he, he actually looked really good out there. I, I, I mean, I know that he's been dealing with some injuries, but he's definitely looked you know, more agile out there than I remember seeing him of late. And so that's good. So hopefully that, that extra week of rest was good for, for Dwayne. Um, you know, hopefully he, he, he wasn't fixing too many carburetors. Um, you know, and actually relaxing. But the thing that I will say is that if that does become an issue, Gianni, and we, we want to talk about adjustments, um, let's talk about the fact that Caleb Martin only played garbage time minutes. That, in game that was going to be what I was going to get into next. Yeah, w- which to me was a huge surprise. And if it becomes a situation where you have somebody like Trey Young or Bogdanovich that's exploiting, you know, Deadman, let's say. That's exactly where you bring Bam back in the game and you put Caleb in and you go 4-5 in that way. You could even, if you really wanted to, you could you could throw Caleb out there with PJ and Bam at times if you want like a little bit you know, more physicality. But the fact of the matter is that you barely even used, debatably, your best perimeter defender. Because this season, I mean, I guess apart from Bam, obviously. <laughs> but like, this season, apart from Bam, 
Like nobody has given defenders on the or the offensive, like especially ball hands, especially guards, on, on, yeah, especially guards on the perimeter, more trouble than Caleb Martin. His Caleb Martin stuff. did a great job in the regular season and was the majority, uh, was the highest usage defender defending Trey Young during the regular season, and he didn't even sniff playing time in this game. So if if the Heat's bigs do, and, and by bigs I really just mean Deadman, if he starts getting it, because really is it, it's yeah, Bam yeah, yeah. and Deadman, and Bam's not going anywhere. So if Deadman starts getting exploited, if they try to mess around with Yurt for some reason and he's getting exploited, they're gonna they're gonna call on Caleb Martin right away. And I'm honestly super excited for that because just it's like the second that the Hawks have a little bit of breath, thinking that they've figured something out, Spoken just shut that door right away. They have and a that, card to play, and that's how you add. To that demoralizing effect of being like, man, do we even do we have the right combination of people to do anything against this team? Which, frankly, I don't think we have. And Chris, I think the Capella injury comes into play with that as well because if you're if you're Miami, you can actually go PJ at the five, Caleb right, some combination of Caleb, Jimmy, and then guards, mm-hmm. and you could put Caleb on a guard, right, and you could put PJ on. I mean, John Collins, a limited John Collins. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, but John Collins and Okongwu are not the same kind of yeah. physical player as Capella. That's so why you can like, get away with playing PJ at the five for stretches. If you, okay, if you really, if you're just like, okay, these Deadman minutes are untenable, uh, which again, that's not that was not the case. But if they do become that way, you know, you have that in your, but you could just say, fuck it, we're going super small. We can switch one through five, and we're right. fine. And, right. and that that's that's the play on their back pocket. So the Heat's nine-man rotation yesterday against the Hawks was Jimmy, Bam, Lowry, P.J. Struess, Hero, Duncan, Gabe, Deadman. So no Caleb, no Keith, or no Depot, uh, unless you count garbage time, Caleb's garbage time minutes. Not surprised about Keith and Depot. Uh, I do think Depot could be a factor in this series for all the reasons we talked about. If, 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 mm-hmm. if there are times that, you know, it's – I mean, Gabe did a – Gabe did a fucking hell of a job. The, the way that Gabe fights over screens is just Chris justice was like a, a, a like a, the matrix screen avoider, right? Like Justin justice would slide in between screens. So effortlessly. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Gabe fucking fights it, right? They're like two sides. Of, like, they're both so good at it, but Gabe is just like a bulldog dude getting around mm-hmm. it and was not giving Trey an inch. He did. He, he absolutely has earned every second that he's that he, um, the fact that he's the fucking backup point guard in a playoff rotation and it's like solidly when Oladipo's back ready and coming off a 40 point game that's mm-hmm. crazy uh I mean honestly for me Deserved. it was a pleasant it was a, it was a pleasant surprise um you know I I had a feeling that towards the end of the season when Spo was kind of sporadically kind of cutting Gabe out I I had a feeling it was really more to play around and see what he had with Oladipo but yeah. obviously you know Victor, you know, looked great in the last couple games of the season, you know, dropping 40 points. Obviously, it was mostly the entire game was like garbage time. But, like, he still looked pretty impressive. And, you know, Spo stuck with the guy who has been there all season, being a smart offensive facilitator who does not take risks. He doesn't turn the ball over. He does his job defensively and with with – tremendous grit especially for his size um you know especially you know running through screens of some really really big guys and then really not caring about the physicality aspect at all and then you know and he can and space the floor for you he didn't even shoot that great in game one but i mean when he brings you seven assists in 25 minutes with really really strong defense it's gonna be hard not to play him and the guys like him they're happy Absolutely. for him. he gets guys involved like you said the seven assists he's i'm just i'm just happy for him Quick, that, that alley oop that he threw to Jimmy, and that uh, that picture that they captured of yeah. both of them like mid celebration. They captured so many that people. Was incre- that was an incredible moment. I got the screenshot because I rewatched and I tweeted the screenshot, and I'm gonna say Christian very conspicuously. Everyone started noticing, and I was like, "Huh, I was first to that." <laughs> the deuces had it first, not this time, motherfuckers. I did. Um, that was a great play. That was shit was so fun. Um, I gave awesome. Jimmy's awesome. Let's talk about their offense to kind of close out this. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much to say because I thought Duncan hit a tough. Duncan hit. Duncan was Duncan. Duncan was 2019. Duncan hit a bunch of tough shots. Uh, I thought the Hawks actually defended him pretty okay most of the time. I mean, I thought Herder did a good job of kind of going around the screens. It's not like Duncan. They had a lot of defensive miscommunications 
Uh, but that was more stuff to the rim. Tyler and Jimmy, mm-hmm. Tyler didn't have the best offensive game, which I think is one of the ways you can look for Miami to improve. Just missed a ton of shots. This wasn't himself. Jimmy, really, Kristen? Getting to the rim whenever he wanted. Mm-hmm. The, the the Capella aspect just really showed itself. There's just no resistance. And they're, the Hawks, their wings aren't very physical, and their guards are very small. And Jimmy just plows through not strong, small people all the time. Uh, and I think we saw that in full force. Didn't have to overdo anything. Bam, not really a factor on offense. Um, I thought he did, you know, they didn't need him. But I will say, you know, they were throwing a lot at the shooters, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're, they're going to double Duncan next time, you know, or they're going to they're gonna test them. And that slip pass was very available. And the thing without Capella and a limited John Collins, if Bam, if they, if they blitz the ball, and Bam's in space, that help is too small. I know that Bam's not the biggest guy in the world, but that help is legitimately too small. And he's just going to be able to score over it. Or if they send even more help, that's an easy pass to a cutter or a corner shooter. So that's kind of where, I don't know, Chris, I, I, I don't know if there's much you want to say about it. I, I just thought it was a lot of, they hit tough shots. Hawks defense wasn't good. You know, the stuff we thought would happen without Capella, you know, obviously Clint changes the series a ton. He controlled the rebounding fine, you know, like just what you expect. And I think they can even offensive rebound better than what they did that game. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. No, 100%. Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what the Hawks decide to do. Uh, I actually pretty much nailed the two things that I was really going to say in regards to the offense, which is, yeah, I mean, Tyler had a really rough game. Like, especially early in the game, he were turning the ball over a bit, and a lot of that was Tyler just being a little bit sloppy. Um, and, and that's weird because he's been, he's been really good about taking care of the ball lately, especially for a 21-year-old, which I feel like I have to occasionally remind myself. Um, but he is tw- oh, 22. I'm sorry, he's 22 now. But still, point, point stands. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the thing I'm really interested to see is, is are the Hawks going to overreact to the shooting barrage, especially from Duncan? Because if that does happen, and, and let's even apply this to somebody like P.J. Tucker, who is not really known as a shooter, but this whole season has been a very, very highly efficient shooter. If you've got guys paying a lot more attention and staying tighter to the shooters outside, you've got to look at guys like Bam and Deadman, who are most likely going to end up with way higher point totals in game two because those looks are going to be there. And when you've got smart players like, 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 uh, like Duncan and P.J., they will make those slip passes, and that's just going to lead to more mismatches that are really – I mean, the Hawks were one of the worst defensive teams in the league for a reason, and it's that they really – you know, once you find a way to exploit them, they don't really have the bodies to kind of, you know, cancel out, you know, a well-executed play. You know, you don't have those versatile defenders. So it's going to – they're really – really, Trey Young has to be Trey Young if they want a chance in this series. It's Nick- McMillan is a pretty stubborn coach, old school guy. Not sure they're going to overreact. I think they'll probably see a lot of the same coverages. And watching the film, if I'm Atlanta, I don't change much. And if Duncan does it again, maybe I, maybe I, Duncan or Max or I mean they played those guys. I mean Tyler's really the only one that they play differently. But if Max or Duncan does that to them again, I, I don't think they overreact. Um, but. I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, Nate's an old school guy. Although Pokey Sticks in chat says, "Remember the last time Eric Spolster faced Nate McMillan in the playoffs? This is a sweep." Uh, could could be. Uh, I think Spo got Nate fired, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, did I, he? Yeah, he did. It would yeah. be funny if Spo got Nate fired again. I mean, that's fucking. That's a fucked up way of putting. It. He didn't get him fired. He was clearly already gonna be fired. And that it shit was, was just, bad. You know, Spoh also Spoh got him hired. Up. Spo got him hired because when when he, Nate coached the first interim game here, he Nate won and it really spearheaded their resurgence. Yeah, I, I'm just Chris, and I'm really glad. You know, like we can talk a lot about kind of the the ins and outs of the basketball, but let's let's be fans for a second. It was really annoying all week that people just put the Hawks in that spot before they had even earned it. People were talking about how this was going to be a problem for Miami, and Hawks fans were saying on Twitter, oh, "Point to me one player on the Heat team." That would be in the Hawks rotation, right? Just shit like, <laughs> like, oh yeah, you know, like shit like that, dude. And it's like, 
they just got shut the fuck up so emphatically. That shit was so embarrassing. Trey Young hit one field goal the whole game, had six turnovers. Chris, he hit one more field goal than you. One. And he barely, that was the end one that he had when Tyler fouled him. That's the only one he hit. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Six that, was, that was also, if I recall correctly, the only time that he attacked the basket, which was on a transition steal. Yeah. Like, I mean. That's the other it, thing about it. Miami made so many gonna, baskets. Like, the Hawks were just so happy to settle for jumpers. If they do that in another game, it's going to end up exactly like that, even if Duncan and PJ don't hit a ton of threes. Miami played but, with a sense of urgency, Chris, that I think is welcoming because I think at times during the season they looked a little lax. I hope they bring that tomorrow as well. I think that, you know, kind of having that, listen, step on their neck, win game two, and then you basically just have to win one in Atlanta and that series is over, yeah. um, you know, especially if it's game three. So I mean, look, we knew exactly what this team was going into this season. Yeah. They brought in veteran guys that have won before and know what it takes to win. Fuck the end of the regular season. Coast all the fuck you want, but you turn that shit on when it counts, and that's exactly what you get, a 24-point win. What are they going to do in game two? I think it's going to be a lot of the same, but let's see. Let's see if the Hawks got something in the tank that uh, that the Heat maybe aren't ready for. To your point, if we talk about the Heat's nine-man rotation, you know, of those guys, you know, Jimmy's been to the finals. Bam has been to the finals. Lowry has won a title. PJ has won a title. You know, Hero has been to the finals. Duncan has been to the finals. Deadman, vet in this league for a long time. And then you have the undrafted guys, Struess and Gabe, who, by the way, you know, those guys did not look frazzled in the slightest. If anything, those undrafted guys come with an edge that, you know, kind of better prepares them for these moments, right? Because for them, even practice is a game seven, right? You know what I mean? Like for these guys, summer league is game seven because they're risking getting cut. Right. So they've had to play with this level of intensity and this effort their whole lives. And that's why those guys, I mean, they, they came into their first playoff appearance and they were boom, 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 ready to go because they, they understand they've, this has been their life. So I'm not worried about our undrafted guys. I'm not worried about anything. Um, kind of, you know, I think a very welcoming, comforting side for heat fans after having Kristen, I compared it to, uh, uh, you know, being the nerd that I am, it, it reminded me of like in an anime when there's like a tournament arc and the protagonist, you know, ha you know, the protagonist never fights first and he's like kind of wait. He has to wait like seven episodes and then he does like the next stretch. He's like, ah, finally my turn. Shit would have felt like, man, we came out, we blasted them, felt good as a fan, felt good. That's the first home playoff win since 2016. Because the bubble happened and all that stuff. and, and they, Oh, yeah. That's a good point, man. I didn't even think about that. It's been a while. It felt good. We know that they're. We know that this team is good. They're one of the contenders. They looked better than anybody else has the first day. And again, Christian, I got mad that, bro, it's Sunday. It's 1 o'clock on Easter. I'm going to day drink. It's <laughs> the first day of the playoffs. This is exciting. We love basketball. I'm having a couple fucking drinks watching my fucking team and I'm tweeting out, you know, shit. And everyone's mad at me for being excited that we're winning by 50 points in, a, in the playoffs. It's like, it's a nine seed. Calm down, everybody. What the fuck, man? Shut up. Okay. Uh, to everybody that's listening, either live or on YouTube, shout out to YouTube. Take every moment you can to talk the most shit possible. Most. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. We might not even be here tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen. They could cancel right? the season tomorrow. There could be another COVID tomorrow. Super COVID. But anyway, like every fucking day, make the most of it, especially when it comes to talking shit on the internet. The greatest thing that we have been given in our lifetime, like, Go all out, and especially if you see Hawks fans saying some crazy shit, troll them to death. This is the fun of it, especially when you're winning. Don't take the winning for granted. Maximize. Maximize. I'm keeping, listen, if you have ridiculous Hawks tweets, send them our way to Heatbeat or to me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in full-on troll mode. Bro. Oh, I'm, I'm bookmarking everything. And listen, I, I think Twitter has known with, by the way, Damar, I have my receipts loaded. I already, I already let a couple of them out. You know, with the Knicks season, I let those fly. I don't forget. 
I keep shit and I get ready. So if you guys see some shit that I've missed, you know, shoot it my way. I saw Hawks fans saying that that, that this was a fluke. I cannot believe how a nine seed can be so fucking cocky. Pokey Six said ESPN uploaded a video of Marcus Smart's best defensive plays and it's less than a minute long. <laughs> He's good, but come on, man. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Yeah, uh, and I saw that Pokey says no, no links in chat. We have it set up so that links get deleted. It's not a personal thing. It's just don't post links in chat because we have the we have our mod bot to delete it just so that nobody sends you know spam or viruses or, or whatever. So it's just an automatic thing so that y'all in chat know. Um. Christian, last thing before we get out of here, you know, any adjustments that you see uh, for the Heat on anything? We talked about some of the things the Hawks can do. I kind of think they stick to their game plan. We talked about some of their countermeasures. Is there anything that you see them changing or you do feel like they don't have to change shit? You know, they're the ones dictating uh, the series at this point. I mean, we went this entire podcast, Gianni, and I'm pretty sure that we didn't mention Cal Lowry, Jimmy Butler, or Bam in terms in the context of the actual game one. So, like, yeah. I think that says everything. It's like when you don't have that thing to say about those guys and everything ran so smoothly, you do it again. You do it again and see if they can stop you. They, they did their job. They did their job. I'm pretty much with you. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us. Remember, we have the Weird Alf pregame show before every single playoff game, and we 30 minutes before, and we also have Hangover Time postgame show live after every single Heat game. Our playoff coverage is extended, and we have Needle to the Groove this Thursday, Miami Heat Beat on Wednesday, Hot and Wap on Tuesday, Ooh, and of loaded course, schedule. we got bloated schedule. This is full-on playoff mode. <laughs> 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 I said loaded. Yeah, I, said, I said bloated. As bloated as Embiid looks on the and Harden right now. Uh, enjoy uh, basketball. Enjoy our time. This is Heat and Five. Uh, always, baby. always, baby. See y'all tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy-five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.